Hi, I'm Rachel Dillon. And I'm Marcus Dillon. And this podcast is Who's Really the Boss, where we highlight the joys and challenges of running a business with your spouse or family. Our mission is to strengthen families and businesses by helping listeners avoid the mistakes we have made so they can lead and live happily ever after. Hey, welcome back to Who's Really the Boss podcast. Hey, glad to be back. Um, you're making me work today. I'm enjoying talking to you today. Well, that's good. Um, yeah, excited for the conversation. Yeah. All right. Well, today we are going to talk about more is not better. Better is better. And this concept or this principle applies across, I think, every aspect of life. Like anything, I think, can almost fit in this principle. I mean, even if you take like alcohol, <laughs> more is not always better. Better is probably better. So um, definitely a lot of consequences that come with more, which I think really for this conversation is kind of where it goes is the consequences of more and more and more all the time. Okay. So question, would you rather have the best meal, like food, like, would you rather have the best steak or what, what, so what would be your best meal first? Cake. Would you rather have <laughs> the best tasting cake, but a small piece and still be hungry? Or would you rather have an unlimited amount of cake, but it's not the best tasting cake. Uh, well, uh, let me answer this in two ways. Okay. If it's the best cake in a small piece, that's good. If it's a good cake, but a big piece, that's what I would choose. If it's bad cake, I don't want it at all. Not even one bite. So I do not want unlimited bad cake. Okay. So you're ranked so like, there. Like cool, like dry cake or cool whip frosting. I don't want any of it. Not even one bite. I, I pass. It's trash, um, but trash, <laughs> even though a lot of people don't share that opinion. That's my opinion. Buttercream is best. That's what I love. You're the one with the microphone. Yeah. So you just said, you let's go with good cake, a full piece where you feel fulfilled. Mm -hmm. second place is the best cake you've ever tasted, but a small piece to where it's like, just you're not fulfilled. And then third is trash cake. Yeah. Not, not doing trash cake. Okay. Not, so not, not worth it. I was going to ask you though, did you want me to answer the, would you rather question? Like the girls answered the, would you rather question yesterday? No. <laughs> like just, just yell and refuse to answer. <laughs> Neither. Yeah. I'm not doing that. I don't, I don't care. I'm not doing that. <laughs> Fun times. And those kids yeah. are not toddlers. They're teens. No. So, um, <laughs> well, it was yeah. hard to tell yesterday. It was hard to tell for sure. So, um, all right. So your answer to that question totally goes counter to what we're going to talk about today. And <laughs> I don't know how we get back on track now. Well, I think it just was in the, just maybe semantics, right? So if it's unlimited bad cake. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's not the thing. Unlimited good so cake. So it's not bad cake. So yeah, unlimited good cake. 
there's consequences. I will be miserable. So that would be a one-time choice. And then I would be so miserable. I probably would not make that choice. All right. So, Hey, we can get back on track here. I'm seeing it now. So unlimited (laughs) good cake, uh, obviously may lead to a new wardrobe may lead to some additional co-pays medicines down the road. Um, yeah. I mean, just feeling sick and potentially not being able to sleep, you know, those kinds of things. So even more immediate <laughs> consequences. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. I get you. So, all right. So more is, what was the, it's more, <laughs> more is not always is better. It better. Yeah. Better is better. Yeah. And I think that's the approach that we try to take in different aspects of our life and different aspects of the business being self-disciplined. Um, you know, that, that goes a long way. We value that in our family and in our business. So, um, you, this was your topic and this is kind of the conversation that we're here to have. So what was the main point that you wanted to start off with today? Well, let me go with what inspired the conversation. And it was really, a quick conversation in the gym with, uh, someone who said his workout was, very, 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 very high volume, like multiple sets of a hundred reps of things. And he was in the gym for like three hours. And I'm like, what are you trying to achieve? Like, what is the purpose of this? Uh, And there wasn't, there wasn't really an answer to that other than, you know, I want to be strong and look a certain way. And I, all I could think was, Oh, there's a better way than that. Like that is not what you have to do. Like that probably isn't even what you should do. You're going to hurt yourself. Like you you are not 16. And I don't know that that's advice for a 16 year old. So, um, anyway, that was kind of the inspiration. By the way, that was not me (laughs) that said that, you know, if I'm in the gym for an hour, I'm looking to go, I'm catching an Uber. If Rachel's not ready, it's, um, yeah. I, and I like the gym. Like I, that's not, I like to be there, but my goodness, I'm not doing three sets of a hundred barbell squats. That's well, it's also, so, you know, at our gym. Silly. Yeah. And, and we go to a very relaxed gym. Um, but the people that are on the stair stepper for at least an hour at a time, and then they stop one stair stepper and go get on another stair stepper, I guess, like they don't want to, you know, let the other guy out, um, of the equation. So that definitely doesn't look fun. So being at the gym multiple hours is not my love language. It's not where I want to be. I just kind of want to get in, get out, go on with life and be done. Yeah. So I think really the conversation is like, okay, then what, what is better? And so maybe that is better for a goal of, I'm not sure what, but maybe that is better for that. Well, maybe, for maybe, goal. maybe they don't trust themselves outside of the gym and being at the gym is kind of their accountability to make good decisions. And if not just that's two less hours of potentially making bad decisions while they're awake. Um, because that's why I go to the gym. the gym. That's yeah. why I go to the gym. So I'm not in the pantry. So you're so not in the kitchen. That's, yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's exactly. so, um, <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about it, you know, in other areas. So we mentioned alcohol, uh, we mentioned food, we mentioned the gym. So what about in business? What would you say where is an area that some people might have the thought that more is better, always trying to do more, achieve more, get more, um, but where better is actually better and should be the guiding principle. Oh, I, I mean, it comes up in my mind 
all the time, depending on, uh, so you'll just have to stop me, like stop recording or whatever, if I get way too <laughs> off track, but you know, as a founder of a business, uh, you compare yourself easily to others and the people that get publicized and things like that right now in, in our industry and then in business in general are those with such rapid growth. And you take, for example, we're celebrating businesses that grow at a 50% clip or a double every year clip. You know, it's just where they're adding revenue, adding, adding clients, adding team members. Part of me sees that and I tell myself as a founder, you know, this is me being vulnerable, like, oh man, we didn't do that. We're not as good as those people that could achieve that. But then also knowing friends and seeing the insight on companies that actually grow that fast, it's miserable. Like it is not a life that anyone wants. Maybe some of them have it figured out and they have the right leadership team in place and they've just gotten lucky. But typically whenever you're growing at such a pace like that, you've just got the opportunity for things to go wrong. And even, even that you've got to be disciplined enough to what is what's the goal there? Are you trying to grow it to a certain point to where it's sustainable? Or are you trying to grow it to a certain point to where then it's a, a succession event and you can monetize and step away or redirect your role in the business? Um, but yeah, you know, I'm as guilty as anybody when I see someone growing faster than we're growing that it's like, oh man, we didn't achieve that. And, but also I don't have the pain of living through what those people are living through. So you just have to be content with the good work that you're doing. So we've been very disciplined on our side. Um, you know, most people, we share a lot. We share a lot with our team. We share a lot with obviously the public and people who listen to this podcast. But, you know, our goals this year are, you know, to grow probably 15 to 20%. And that's not, that's not going to be life-changing to a lot of businesses. You know, it's going to not make the front page of anything. So, um, but it's all about consistency. And once you've achieved a certain revenue base, it is much harder to grow at a 40 or 50% clip every year, um, just because of all the processes that go down and that, that are killed in that process, because there's so much change. There's so much onboarding happening so fast. And when we talk about onboarding, we're talking about from a client perspective and a team member perspective, because as we scale, we have to add humans. And humans are, you know, have complexity and have personalities and have just things that come up. So, um, you know, our goal this year is to add 18 to 24 new um, clients and doesn't sound like a lot, you know, um, but at the same time, that many clients may mean one to two new team members this year too. And so you have to be very disciplined in that growth out, outline and it's really a numbers game, you know, so to add 24 clients, you know, how do you back into what's your close rate? What's, you know, as far as getting in front of the right prospect or the right ideal client, how many eyeballs do you need on you or um, qualified leads to do that? So all of that to go in and say, we could be really bad and go away from the discipline that we set out with and just add all the wrong clients just to get more, just to get more revenue. Um, but we're choosing not to. Yeah. And I think another area um, in that, and you mentioned 
people uh, and personnel is thinking in your business, if we just had one more person or if we had two more people or if we had, and so you touched on it. People have personalities. People have challenges and struggles outside of work that take them away or that cause, you know, distractions from what they're doing inside of the office. And so really thinking about that, no, not having a bigger team is better. Um, having a better team is better. So making sure that you're looking for the right people that you're, you know, bringing on and attracting the right team members, and then looking at, okay, if we're needing another team member to do this, what processes are already in place or what processes do we need to implement so that maybe we don't have to bring on another team member, or maybe it doesn't require a full-time team member. Maybe it requires a flexible or a part-time team member. And so really not just thinking in terms of, well, it's great night right now with five. So if we had seven, it would be better. Or, you know, we have 20. So with 30, we could do double, you know, whatever it might be. And so it's really just looking at um, better. What, yeah. what fits? What are your goals? What are your values? And does whatever more you're looking at align with those things? Yeah. I was talking to, I mean, a, a few different conversations I've had this week come to mind. Both are friends that are CPA firm owners. Um, so, you know, one had breakfast with her and she mentioned that, you know, our team right now, everybody is great. We've got a team of, I think 12 and everybody's just getting along clicking. And even like her team has expressed, why do we need new clients? Why do we need new team members? Like everything is so good right now. Um, you know, they start to question that. And so as a leader, you need to pay attention to it because my point of view is you don't want to get so complacent that if some something in life happens to where somebody moves away, some something happens. Um, they're just no longer able to work for the business. What's the contingency plan? So I think good, good growth is always built into the organization. Um, it shows that, you know, the, the organization is viable. It's doing great things. It's producing great results. And so I think if you grow at a, at a rate that you're comfortable with, you're also able to prune back things that, that maybe don't want, you don't want to take into the future. So whether that's the wrong type of client or customer mix, maybe that's removing uh, a bad, a bad team member whenever that comes up and addressing an issue. I think there's always a place for growth. And we've always looked at the business and used the analogy of a tree. Um, and so I think good, good trees, unlike the, the little guy that's in our backyard that obviously is dead, <laughs> but we haven't dug him up. Um, so I think that, you know, as long as the business is growing and you're adding that growth ring every year and celebrating what that ring means, and you're just continuing to prune and build the strongest business tree uh, that you can. I think that's, that's what we look for and that's what we value versus being so fast growing that every, I would say every 25 to 30% of, you know, every milestone you're having to reinvent processes. You're having to reinvent how teams are structured. And that's so much more painful than growing at a gradual pace and doing that at a, you know, at a 
and an amount that you feel comfortable with that that almost feels easy um and that, that may be the wrong thing to say too so <laughs> Yeah. And I think that being able as a leader to point back to we're growing to get better, we're not growing to grow. And so just being able to highlight those opportunities that come with that growth as far as from the current team members being able to advance or being able to increase compensation or things like that um, helps people to stay aligned in the same direction and working towards that same goal. Yeah. I, I, so you come back to you know, that conversation I had um, with them, you know, with her, she, you know, definitely at one place. And then another conversation later in the week uh, with another firm owner, you know, she was thinking about adding a new employee, but actually stumbled upon, you know, a conversation with her current employee that that current employee wanted to add hours and wanted to, um, you know, do more for the business and move from maybe a uh, you know, 20 hour work week to a 30 or 32 hour work week. And it's like, wow, that's like a no brainer um, in that example. And so I think that is better is better there versus more team members. Um, and even like in our business, you know, it costs, there's an incremental cost to adding every employee in addition to payroll. So, you know, with all the technology costs and everything like that, it's probably 250 to $300, $400 a month for every new additional staff person that you add just because of the technology and the infrastructure that is added. So um, great for her, great for that, for her and that employee on connecting and, you know, having that realization that we don't have to go do more um, as far as the number of bodies that are on the bus, we can serve more clients or better ways by just increasing time. Yeah. And talk about it from, uh, let's take it to the standpoint of prospects. Can this principle apply? Because you have said sales is a numbers game. And so there is only going to be a percentage of prospects that convert into clients. So talk about this. Um, more isn't always better. Better is better principle um, as it deals or as it relates to prospects. Yeah. Um, you know, I can definitely share with where we're at. And, you know, we're looking to add 18 to 24 clients per year right now um, that will scale up as the team continues to get built out and processes are tested and stable. But from a prospect perspective, I mean, Chris and the team on that side, um, you know, that it is a numbers game. So obviously from a business development and a sales team, they want to make quota, they want to make their numbers. Can they make can they replace uh, $2,000 a month clients with, you know, let's go get one $10,000 a month client. And then we don't have to go find the other four relationships. So in that example on paper, it's great, you know, and, and it seems like that's a no brainer and it works out. But what we have found is the expectations that are placed on the team and what is expected from a client who's paying $10,000 a month is very high and probably setting our team up for failure versus the five clients at the $2,000 a month price point, because um, it just, it's one of those where it's not, it, it's not on a scale that we have figured out at this point, just because the $10,000 a month client wants customized 
service. And um, what we have set out to build is not so much custom one-off per client. It is serving a whole um, group of clients or industry of clients very, very well with set metrics, set KPIs, things like that that we're tracking. And so that's kind of where we've come back to. And, you know, we've had to kind of have some some conversations, some real and honest conversations. And, you know, it's like, hey, I get it that you're up there and we only get so many pitches because that's the leads coming in. So for every pitch, obviously, it would be great to hit a walk off Grand Slam in the game World Series. You're going out on top and that's the ten thousand dollar pitch. But what wins games is consistency and it's the singles and the doubles getting on base RBIs, getting that second base runner in, you know? And so obviously we're reverting back to a lot of baseball lingo because Chris and I spent a lot of time around the game and going to games. And so, um, but, but that's ultimately what we've built and what we've designed and who we've created uh, as far as a team to help serve. And, you know, it just kind of helps remind ourselves that, the $10,000 client is a, is a great thought, but sometimes you just got to go back to who you are and who you set out to be. And that's where we, we know we do really, really good work for those other five $2,000 price point clients that we mentioned. Yeah. And so while, um, we do need to be in front of a lot of prospects. We do need referral partners remembering us. We want them to just be well-educated as far as what are the services that we provide and how we provide those and who we serve best. That way, the prospects that are coming in that we're spending time with are the the best possible prospects that we could have. And so always want to leave people better off than we found them. And we don't love turning people away. And so we don't necessarily just want to spend all day realizing that these people aren't good fits for our team or our services. And so really, you know, spending time investing in educating into all different um, channels of getting those leads, generating those leads, getting those prospects in the, um, in the funnel. Yeah. So, so just tee, teeing those up, but m more prospects that aren't good prospects um, isn't necessarily great for us because it does take a lot of time to evaluate and then help them find the best um solution for what they're looking for. Yeah. Um, no, you're, you're spot on with the, the number game and qualified prospects, ideal clients lead to great, you know, great long-term relationships. And sometimes the best client or prospect decision you make is telling somebody no. And we've been on the other side of that here, you know, <laughs> in the last year. And we've, tried to onboard the wrong client. And it was somebody that they, you know, were almost, they had to be chased. They had to be convinced that we were their right option. Um, and that if they didn't move forward, like multiple people were telling them the consequences of not moving forward. So it wasn't from a place 
of health that they were choosing to move forward. And then ultimately they didn't want to get better. Like they were fine being in the funk and <laughs> didn't value what we brought to the table. Even the tax strategy where we were saving them hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, just didn't want to deal with the additional compliance that came along with it. Didn't trust the IRS, didn't trust probably us at the end of the day, because we were presenting something that didn't make sense to them. So it was very much, you know, an aspect where we had engaged them or they had engaged us, um, could not fully get them onboarded. And then we had to make the decision at 90 days that the relationship is no longer going to move forward based on our decision. And there was a little bit of hurt there from their side. They did get resentful. Um, we had to refund them every dollar or we chose to refund them every dollar of, um, that they spent with our office. And that was a call, you know, that just goes back to, this is what I feel is the best action going forward. Obviously it's painful and it was tens of thousands of dollars, but here's your money back. We're sorry. Here's other people you can go work for work with. And that was painful. And I think he was surprised that we did that. It probably changes his opinion about a, a little bit about us, but ultimately he didn't want the relationship at the end of the day. So we had to figure out a way to exit that gracefully. And that all goes back to, you know, why try to convince somebody that what we were doing, you know, was going to be the solution. It, you know, we're very comfortable in knowing what we're doing is the solution. So unless you're willing to get better, unless you're wanting a better life, a better business, let's, let's not have the conversation. So it's one of those where that goes back to, you know, more isn't always better. And in that situation, like he would have been one more client. He would have been one more um, thousands of dollars of, of revenue coming in per month. But at the end of the day, the, the team would have been frustrated because they wouldn't have been able to serve them, serve him in the way that they serve others. And we wouldn't have seen the progress or the um, fruit like we do with other clients who allow them, who allow that relationship to really take hold. So um, you compare that to other people that, you know, we've onboarded in, in the, in the last you know few weeks or a few months and you're off to the races and it's like the team of three, the CFO, we're talking big picture planning and everything like that. And it's like, you're hitting stuff out of the gate and just having really good conversations. And those are the better, you know, that's where it's, you can really define, okay, this is the sweet spot. Better is better. And like, let's just continue to have more of this. And maybe it's a, maybe it's at the cost of only growing 20% versus 200%. But that's, that's where we feel that we're called to be and just got to be okay with it. Yeah. What other thoughts do you have around applying that principle of better is better to business? I mean, uh, Biggie said it best, more money, more problems. And so, you know, it's, uh, a $1 million business has problems that a $5 million business is just five times, right? Five times the amount of potential issues, um, you know, the amount of team members, liability risk, um, you know, just expectation from a client perspective that 
there's going to be some disappointment there. There's five times the risk. And so I think going into that and knowing um, th that's, you know, some of where you have to be from a, from a position of maturity is just that if you're wanting to grow beyond that, let's say million dollars, that's where you have to be prepared for the other things that come alongside the revenue. And even from an owner perspective and knowing margins and things like that, as you grow, like typically your revenue doesn't scale as fast as your top line. And so, you know, it's not like you're adding every additional million to the bottom line. It's you're going to have more infrastructure costs. You're going to have more churn. You're going to have more turnover with the team members. It's going to be processes, things breaking, um, all that good stuff. So you have to be prepared and go into it fully uh, ready to have, you know, all the the consequences that come along with deciding to grow. So I think that's, we, we would not discourage growth. Um, that's exciting and that's fun, but it also has to be at the right time and the right stage of the business to really turn it on. Yeah, those are good points. And I think just another area that that principle applies, and if listeners miss the episode on connection, um, time together. So more is not better, better is better. And so, you know, we can have all the time in the world together, but if we're constantly distracted and not speaking with each other, then it's not better. It's not yeah. quality. Well, it's also, you know, we've had friends that, have grown their businesses to a certain point and then they have had an event and based on that event, you know, they expected it to their life to look different. And whenever that life looks like more pressure, more stress, because now you've got this group to keep happy who've invested in your business and giving you has, has given you some money to take risk off the table that's disappointing. So it's one of those where um, we personally have seen that in our relationships with others and learn from it, hopefully, to where it's, um, you know, you have to go into that expecting like, okay, these people are investing $100 million in your company. It's not because they're nice people. It's because they want to return on their investment. And they're expecting you as the founder, CEO, or whoever you are, in that business after that transaction to continue to operate or even operate better to push forward growth and push forward profit so that they get a return on their investment. So I think those are some of the pieces that I personally have learned from. Um, and it's real world examples with real world, real world friends and emotions and what that does to their relationships at home with kids, with their spouse. So, um, yeah, it kind of keeps things in check. And so ultimately that's what, if you decide that you want to grow and you want to grow at a certain percentage, you have to be prepared for the ramifications that come along with that growth. All right. Well, we started this episode with a would you rather. So let's wrap up with a would you rather. Um, and hopefully the principle of better is better applies. Um, but you, you choose. Would you rather have a membership to a massage place that the experience or the massage is not good, but you go monthly or unlimited, uh, or the best massage therapist that gives the best massage only one or two times a year. 
Can I have both? <laughs> Can we have the best one unlimited? Yeah. Um, I'd probably go for the um, infrequent better massage. Um, even though like now I'm getting old and have sciatic and, you know, like issues pushing it too hard, but I'd probably go for the, the best massage, look forward to it. Maybe when you're not looking, go get that person to come in another time per year or two. But, um, why continue to pay a, a for bad something? A massage is miserable. I feel yeah, kind why, of stuck. Why continue like, to pay for something? How do you just stop and get, how do you tell them like, just stop? I'm, I'm done. This is, this is terrible. We've, we've had those massages, honestly, too. And it was, uh, you just kind of question everything at the end of the day. That's, like, why, that's why I felt like I was confident in what your answer would be on that. Would you rather? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like, you're just wasting my time at this, at this, uh, now, time, now I'm you know? angry. Yeah. You yeah. did nothing for me. And now where, I'm where can I go to get this fixed? So, uh, but yeah, that's where I would be. So better is better on that answer. You know, it's not like your good cake, um, analogy. Well, hopefully so. we can get Christina back to the house soon. Yeah. So don't <laughs> share her information. We don't need her any busier No, she than doesn't she need is. to be blown up and not have time for us. So <laughs> exactly. So, all right, well, cool. Right. Well, um, hopefully you go find a massage therapist now to go get that going. And we I can... think she's only a text away. I think, I think we can make this happen. All right. Well, awesome. Well, look forward to that and uh, look forward to the next conversation. All right. Bye. Thanks for hanging with us to the end of another episode. If you have thoughts, comments, or feedback you would like to share, please leave us a comment or review on your favorite podcast listening platform. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. Join us again next week for another great conversation.